Greetings, Story Show podcast listeners. Jeremy here. And Angie. And we have a guest here, Shane Kepke. Yeah. Hi, Shane. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Hey, Shane. How's your day been? Uh, it's been pretty good. good. Jam-packed. 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 Shane, you are a pastor. I am. Yes. Yeah. And uh, relatively new to the community. Right? Yeah, we've lived here about two years now. Two so. years. Mm-hmm. They say yeah. it takes two, two full years. You think so? Somewhere. They say the first year you figure out where everything's located and yeah. kind of like the quickest way to places and all those mm-hmm. those little things. And then by year two, you start settling in and you actually feel that's the year you have that moment of like, oh, I called it home or oh, I called it... Oh, I'd agree with that. You know? I started taking shortcuts this year, which is a good example of, like, yeah. now you know. Yeah. You don't just do it on the main arteries of town. You cut through neighborhoods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that, you're, yeah. Two years. It sounds like yeah. that's about right. I think you're official alien now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think that depends on who you're asking. <laughs> don't resist, Shane. We stamped resist. it. It's done. Stamped yeah. it. It's all <laughs> official now. Yeah, well, before we're going to talk more uh, with Shane about his uh, story from last our last story show last summer. Let Your Light Shine. Let Your Light Shine. His story closed the show and closed it in a big way. But before we get into that, yeah. we've got some exciting news. Angie? Yeah, housekeeping stuff. Housekeeping. Woo, exciting. Yeah. Um, we are ready to announce our... Wait, no. Yes. Yeah, we are ready to announce our I'm, speakers. I'm mid wooed. Threw the brakes on hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So our next story show is January twelfth, mm-hmm. seven p.m. Marion Ross Performing Arts Theater. Yep. The theme is "Give Me Shelter," and we have chosen our storytellers. So yep. give us give us a rundown here. Well, let's. We have three uh, returning champs. How about that? Yeah. Um, some heavyweight hitters. Uh, Jim Wickman from the Seeking Peace show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And Jen Vote Erickson from like all the sh- all the shows. This might be her fourth show. Yeah. Yeah, and we're so lucky to have Jen because she's just an outstanding uh, writer and, and performer. And performer, yeah. yeah. So really excited that she was able to make room for us again and, and join us. I know she's so talented. We're yeah. like, oh, as a community, we're lucky to have her. Yep. Um, and then our third returning um, performer is Mariah Morris, who was in the first show with us. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. So Mariah, um, this is this is a you know our charity for this show is the Freeborn County Humane Society, and it's a charity that's really, really close to her. Um, when we reached out to her, she was like, I'm in, I'm in, that's my charity, so. We like that response, just so all you guys know. Yeah, <laughs> no <laughs> waffling, no nope. thinking about it. Just I'm in. Just say yes. Yeah. 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 Do it. Yeah, so those three will be coming back. So if you connected with their stories in any way, um, you're going to definitely want to make sure you grab some tickets. Uh, you can get those from these guys that we're mentioning. Uh, five more to come. Dun, dun, dun. See the tension I'm building? This is a story. And tickets are $15 or $5 for students. You can get them at actonbroadway.com. And the other five people you can go get tickets from. Hey, folks. Jeremy interjecting here. Uh, unfortunately, since recording this episode, one of our storytellers had to back out of the show. Fortunately, we asked David Bailing to fill in, and David will be joining us on the 12th. Thanks, David. Um, and Kat Ladwig. Kat Ladwig, who um, writes professionally and is a, I want to say, 2007 graduate of Albert Lee High School, lives in the Twin Cities metro area, and 
again, someone who is just passionate about uh, animals and animal rights. And so she was up for it immediately too. And so we're excited to have her. Yeah, plus her name's Kat, so she's in no matter what. Right, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> uh, that's how it works. That's here. okay. All right. <laughs> um, and Albert Lee's own Jim Haney. Jim Haney, longtime uh, social studies teacher here at Albert Lee High School, cross country coach, all around great guy. Mm-hmm. Anyone who knows Jim knows how funny he is and what a great storyteller he is. And so, <clears throat> I mean, this is a guy we should have asked long ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. he too was in right away. And, um, yeah, so if you uh, used to sit in Haney's class and you're jonesing for some of those uh, Haney stories yeah. and that sort of performance he gives, then here's your opportunity for an encore. Yes, yeah. All right, so that leaves us who? Oh, uh, Terry Jersvik. Terry Jersvik also uh, taught at Elberly High School for 10 years, mm-hmm. um, recently ran for the Minnesota House, uh, so his name might be familiar. Uh, with, yeah. with people because also, he's been in the news a lot. manages to do like some farming now and then. Uh, farms a lot, <laughs> yeah, manages to farm. So longtime resident of, um, of this area and um, he, he's going to be great too. So Yeah, Terry's great. All okay. right. Uh, and one more, Edith. Edith Hanel, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Edith um, is someone that I met through uh, Alberly Meditation and She's from Northwood, so not too far away. Oh, um, Iowa. Yeah, yeah, I know, across the border. Nice. Um, we're, one, now, we're now interstate. <laughs> yes, <Nice>. right. <laughs> we're really expanding. Um, like she's it. a wonderful person, a wonderful storyteller, and I'm going to let this out of the bag. Uh, she will be doing our first children's story. Dang. So her, her story is going to be super different from I'm any, really anything excited. we've had before. Yeah. yeah and just reading it, like I haven't seen it performed yet. Uh, but just reading it, it is uh, going to be very unique, yeah. and I, yeah, I'm very excited to see how this goes. It's yeah. always fun to try new things, I think. Yep, yep, absolutely. So again, you can get your tickets. That's January 12th. Mark your calendars. I think we're going to have great attendance, uh, in part because the charity is just something that so many people care about. And yeah, all right. So mm-hmm. Shane. Uh, we introduced you and <laughs> we just like to sit there and listen to his talk. Um, okay. So you, you've, you've done two story shows. I have. And you've wrote, written about some pretty, well, the first one wasn't so personal for you. It was about your wife's family. It right? was, yes. Yeah. Um, this one was more personal. It was more personal. I think, well, because you've let the cat out of the bag and everyone knows I'm a pastor now. <laughs> Wait, uh, was it a secret? It was not a secret <laughs> before, but I yeah, I was keeping that under wraps. It's got two lines. Don't tell Jones. 300 people every Sunday. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, but I think what I the goal was, because some people said, well, you talk every Sunday. Why do you need to tell a story show? And I said, these are stories that I don't get to tell. From a, They're not religious stories. They don't pertain to that. And so that was exciting for me to be able to tell a story, which if anybody knows me knows that you get all the stories that come with me too. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I thought telling a personal story like that was really important. And I think it's, I think storytelling in general is a really important part of our history and our culture that we don't pay attention to as much as I wish we would. Um, it helps carry, uh, there's stories from the past, obviously, but they help propel us toward a future, right? They help guide ourselves and maybe those around us into, I don't know, a new narrative or a, a positive narrative, hopefully. Yeah. 
That's a good explanation. Yeah. Uh, so your first story, a um, couple of, what was it, last winter? Yeah, I think yeah. it was. Uh, was really funny and pretty light, right? Yeah, and it was. This one has its funny moments, but it's lar- It's it's pretty serious. And um, as I was, uh, one of the things that I love about writing is that I figure things out by writing about them. Did you kind of have like the main theme and everything figured out before you started writing about this one? No, uh, and it, the story I told this last time that you're gonna hear wasn't a story that I tell a lot. And so it was one that I wanted, um, actually this one's a little more self-indulgent. It was supposed to be a funny story that my kids would enjoy. Uh, because the first story show I did, I took them along, they're 12 and nine, and they were all very serious stories uh, up until mine. <laughs> and, uh, and so I realized that like, I think storytelling doesn't just have to be you know, one genre. <laughs> and so, uh, this story was a little self-indulgent and in that I wanted my kids to hear that story. Um, and I just think it's a fun, fun story to tell. Okay. But yeah, it took this turn toward the thing I don't like, which is seriousness. Or wasn't expecting, not that I don't like it, but wasn't expecting that it would turn serious. And it, it really did like get, I don't know if poignant's the right word or sentimental toward the end where I really appreciated all of the things that I learned from that moment. Yeah. That's just, I think, a great thing about storytelling is you don't always know the significance of all of our memories and stories until you reflect on them more. Well, and I think um, there has to be like an intentionality, too, to looking back once we become adults as at at our parents, right? Mm -hmm. Because we always tend to look at them as parents. So like to give that reflective lens and say like, Oh, I look at that in a very different way now that I'm an adult and I'm on this side of it than I did as a kid. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, for sure. Were you, were your your parents weren't at the show? They weren't at the show, and this will be the first time they hear it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you scared? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, I, I'll be happy that my mom will stop asking when is that show going to be on so I can listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's coming up. Yeah. So great. Well. um... Thanks for coming in today. Oh, thanks and, for having um, me. Uh, and thanks for writing for us. We hope we can get you to write again. And you're thinking about helping us produce next summer. Right? Yeah, we can talk about that off the air. Yeah, I want to no, know I more what that get, means. I want to get the commitment. <laughs> right? yeah, for play, sure. Way okay. back next summer when Shane's busy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, right. I don't know, guys. I'm real busy. <laughs> All right. Without further ado. Well, you can let him do it. You get to do it. Oh, yeah. Please what do I get to do? Announce the title. Yeah. Oh, I'm really happy that you can all listen to Roller Coaster. Shane Kepke and his wife arrived in Albert Lee about two years ago after making a pact that they would never live below I-80. Their love for all four seasons, especially winter, make them more welcome in Minnesota than any other state they've lived. Shane enjoys a good hike in the woods, hammock camping, and finding the meaning behind the latest songs or movies. This is First Roller Coaster Ride by Shane Kepke. Uh, I learned my mother could laugh uh, when I was seven. Sure, she had laughed before that, but this one, this one was different. It was the first laugh I felt come from deep within herself. And it just so happened to be the the first time I rode a roller coaster. 
Uh, my family had traveled to visit my uncle and his family in Alabama. Hot, sticky, sweaty Alabama in the middle of the summer. I don't remember much about the vacation, except for this one day we went to Panama Beach, Florida. You see, a lot of us Yankees forget that uh, our geography gets out of touch, and we see that those we forget that those two states touch which was lucky for me and my little brother. Luckier still, it was only a two-hour drive while sitting in the back of his pickup truck. The topper on and vinyl folding chairs as our only form of comfort. It was the mid-80s, let's remember that. Vehicle safety laws and seatbelts were more of a suggestion than a regulation. But my brother and I gladly hopped onto our assigned lawn chairs, grabbed onto the nearest edge of the pickup truck, and took off in a sweltering Alabama morning to discover that we were going on a trip to the beach. Lunch at a roadside stand, hot boiled peanuts, and being buried in that white Panama sand was a real treat for my brother and me, two little Nebraska kids, previously without a notion of what being at the ocean meant, green and salty. The ocean was nothing like the pictures we drew in our prairie classrooms. After the beach and the peanuts, my parents and uncle packed in one more surprise. We were going to go to an amusement park. It was a small one with just a few rides, but they had a roller coaster. My mother was always a fan of these rides, and she was excited to see me timidly ask if I could ride one. Well, son, my uncle said in his big, booming southern voice that was smooth and put me at ease. We shall see what we can do. Looking down at me with those large eyes and effortlessly winking. I don't remember the ticket line or the parking lot or even waiting in line, but I remember this image, my mother's smile. The whole time I was both scared of the adventure to come and the joy on her face. You see, for the early years of my life, my parents sat in this pool of grief they had two daughters who died shortly after birth, one after both me and my brother, both tragic losses in the youth of my parents' lives and their marriage. They both coped in ways that were what they were. My father avoided and drank, ultimately facing his alcoholism by my young adulthood, and my mother by turning to support groups, some of which I remember attending her with her around the same time as this story little rooms filled with other moms crying about the death of their children. And what I now realize years later is that my mother's joy was always halted by their death, and that left a gaping hole in our lives. Like how a party can't really start until everyone arrives, it seemed that there was always someone missing at our lives' events. But here I was, oldest of her children, ready for an adventure, and she was happy to oblige. She and my uncle crawled into our roller coaster cars and they pulled the bars over our laps. Me, double checking to make sure with all my strength. And he reassured me that it would be safe. My uncle, of course, was also full of piss and vinegar and couldn't resist the moment, checking out everything, pointing out that maintenance man over there who was tinkering with another set of cars for a coaster on the next track, and he was telling me lies and trying to get me worked up. You think he's over there working on cars that we're just in? And then he'd say, hey, he just looked at us and laughed. Do you think that's a bad sign? <laughs> From the beginning, my family has shown their love through this just kind of teasing. And so why would he act any different today? 
I could see the wry smile on his face as he pointed out new things that made me more scared, and I remember so vividly trying to figure it all out. I knew his joking was real, but I also knew that my fear was powerful in that moment, and I was really just downright confused. And I was getting more and more scared as the car lifted up that first incline. And with each chug, chug, chug of the car, I was getting more wide-eyed, no longer speaking, holding on to that safety bar with knuckles as white as snow, while the Florida heat was doing little to put me at ease. Getting out was not an option. I asked to do this. <laughs> My mother and uncle bought me a special ticket just for this ride. So just as my fear was strong, so was my respect for my mother and my uncle. And maybe he could see the fear was real, or maybe he, because he just loved me, my uncle Gary finally leaned in and put his arm around me in the car. But all I could think about was how unsafe that was, and I yelled, put your hand on the bar! My mother is sitting behind us, just behind my uncle, so I could see her over my shoulder. And there she was for the ride, the first ride of our adventure together. She was, for the first time that I could remember, laughing with such hilarity that she was completely unaware she was about to plummet with me through this first hill. Her eyes were squinty, her mouth was gaping open, overjoyed at our adventure, my fear and my uncle, who was doing his best to make this a memorable experience. And there we plummeted over the first hill, and fear both came to its climax and its defeat. It was scary, but it was safe. It was fun, and it felt like I cheated death in some small way, being jostled around and shaken into the safety of my uncle, my mom's laughter cheering us on from behind, competing with the noise of the cars against the track. But all that doesn't really matter. What I do remember is that climb to the top and just before we went over the hill, looking back and seeing my mother overwhelmed with joy, so full of brightness and life. She seemed in that moment, the first in many of my countless moments with her, where she was free of guilt, free of sadness, free of the presence of being a young mother and wife. Of course, I only seem to understand this now with children of my own, and then I feel like I only get glimpses of it into its purity. It's odd, but on that roller coaster as she laughed, my relationship with her somehow became real. The kind of joy that accompanies a moment like this is spontaneous as the moment itself. I'm not sure if my mom had the same experience as I'm sharing with you, but I'm sure she'll tell me after she hears this. But from it, I learned that sometimes joy just arrives. And sometimes joy is like a permission slip you give yourself. Some days you're going to let yourself breathe in and let out a laugh. A laugh that can't be stifled or, stifled or kept secret. A laugh that won't shame hunt, let shame hunt it down and kill it like it may have done the day before. This moment opened up for me the humanity of my mother. She was an actual human being <laughs> who was more than the rules and regulations and permission slips and just mom. She had humor with her and joy that could come forth like a geyser, unexpected and overpowering. It is one of the best moments of my childhood to see my parent as more than one dimensional. I can't drive by, see, or think of a roller coaster and not imagine my mother's smile, laugh, and joy. The Let Your Light Shine Story Show is produced by Riley Worth, 
Angie Zoller-Barker, and me, Jeremy Corey Greenis. Please check out our webpage at thestoryshow.org and continue listening to our podcast. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Just search for The Story Show in quotes and you should find us. Thanks. Thanks.